All right, Joel. Yeah. I want to talk about why people want to be controlled. <laughs> why they want to be controlled. <laughs> and you can hear the reaction immediately, right? I don't want to be controlled. And I think I think about this a lot. Being an eight, they talk about, I don't want to be controlled, right? Yeah. And certain types that want to be in control. But I'm saying even those fall into one of these reasons, and at times they do want to be controlled. And so I think it's really good for everyone to be aware of any mechanism that might put you in a position where you want to be controlled. Because to a certain extent, people want to be controlled. Yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons this came up is I was watching another one of these Netflix series about like cults or something. And, and I'm going, who falls for this? How do they not see what's going on here? Why right. would anyone? Right. But you find in the research, anybody from any background, smart people, whatever, can fall into these things. Yeah. And I think there's a myriad of reasons for them. We'll talk about what, some things that why people want to be controlled. So I think ultimately... People who say they don't want to be controlled, some of them still don't want the responsibility of either certain decisions, certain lifestyles. Well, I don't know how to handle this part of my life, or I don't know how to navigate this aspect. So I'm going to I'm going to relinquish the responsibility to someone else. So sometimes it's an avoidance of responsibility that leads to this. One of the reasons that people want to be controlled is because they are wanting to outsource the responsibility. And in outsourcing the responsibility, they are giving their power to others. Okay. So that's the first reason. Okay. The initial immediate reaction I would have was, well, I may want someone else to make the decision, or I may want someone else to take the responsibility, but I don't want to be controlled. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to control my life. So how is that a contradiction in your mind? That someone says, I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to manage this part of my life. I yeah. want my partner. Or I don't know parent, what to do about whatever. this part of my life. I have a lot of confusion. Yeah. I have insecurity about this part of my life. So any of those can be triggers for why I then relinquish responsibility. That, or I outsource responsibility to someone else. Mm -hmm. Thinking... At any point in time, I can grab the control back because I am in control. So it's the illusion of control that sometimes allows us to outsource the responsibility, mm -hmm. which then ends up putting us in a position where we are controlled externally. Okay. So the illusion is I have outsourced this. Therefore, I'm still in control. I'm still in control and I can take it back at any time. Yeah. Well, what is so many addicts say? I can stop at any time. I can stop anytime I want. Yeah. Yeah. There's the belief that I'm in control. Yeah. That I'm choosing this. But a pattern will actually outsource the responsibility and eventually you turn around and realize this thing actually has control of me. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a, a substance or a religious system or a job that you hate. Possessions <laughs> you have. You possessions own, you have. You yeah. Yeah. They begin to own you. They sure. own you. Oh, yeah. 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 Anything like that. So that's my first one. <laughs> okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So you, you brought up one that sometimes I want someone else to make the decision. And I think that one falls under a lot of times this desire for security or certainty. I want security. I don't feel confident. So I want this. 
other party who seems certain, who is presenting as certain, we talked about the guru thing in the last episode. Yeah. They are coming across with all this certainty. They have confidence. They're They're very confident. confident. Yeah. 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 You'll have security. They seem sure of themselves. They must know something. I don't know. So what do we do in response to that? Okay, so a thought comes to my mind. Is there a version of I'm having someone else handle something Mm -hmm. that I don't handle well? Yeah. That is different from I've abdicated responsibility and they are now in control. Yes. The slippery slope down that path. Yeah. Versus I'm smart enough to know that there's somebody else who handles that far better than I do. Yeah. And so I've empowered them to do that. Totally. And it not being an abdication of responsibility. There's two sides of this coin because sometimes I think the most responsible thing that someone can do is give away a a task to someone with a greater skill set. Mm-hmm. I think that is somehow in a different category than uh, removing yourself entirely from the process. So, for example, I had a friend who in college talked about how he was terrible with his money really, really struggled with it. And so he went to one of the, it was like this men's house, like eight or nine men live together. And he goes to another roommate who he saw was very responsible. And he said, I'm, I will do whatever you say in this category. So I can ultimately gain control of my fantasy. So is that an act of, of responsibility by him doing that? It was an act of responsibility, but he was not removed from the process. He didn't just say, here, you take it all and, and then decide what to do with it. He was still involved with the process, but he outsourced the skill set. And I think that's a very different kind of a thing that I would love to nuance more if you, if that tracks with you, it makes sense to you. It it is something that's important to distinguish because I think for some people it's, you know, so a lot of our, our sort of psychological responses to others is sort of this family systems or this, Uh, you know, kind of taking whatever your family system, the family system you grew up with, Hmm. and you don't even see it, but you're kind of imposing it around you. So, so in other words, let me break it down. So, people look for parental figures naturally. Yes. Right. So, there was a study done around people that are over a certain, like over six feet tall, that they tend to get hired as CEOs disproportionately more so than people who are under six feet tall. 60%. Only yeah. 20% of the population is over six feet, yet 60% of the CEOs were over six feet. Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, it suggests, <laughs> does that mean that people who are over six feet tall are more competent at being CEOs <laughs> than people under six feet? Uh, obviously, no, right? right. But, so what's happening there was this, the suggestion was because they're taller, psychologically, without even recognizing it, we see them as parent figures. Hmm. Okay. Right, because we were small. We looked up, yeah. authority figures, authority. take care of us, you know, know yeah. what they're doing, that kind of thing. By the way, that's true of deeper voices as well. Yeah. Once again, your parents had deeper, your, particularly your dad had a deeper voice, right? So that, than you did. So that kind of. Interesting. Uh, so, so all that is at, is at play in this as well. So we're looking for people that we can sometimes look to as responsible figures that will take care of us. Mm. That's different than when we say, hey, I'm taking responsibility, but I also recognize that I'm 
not as skilled as you are in this area. So I'm asking you to handle this, but not abdicating responsibility means I'm engaged. That's kind of what, if I'm tracking with you, that's kind of how you're seeing this. Yes. Whereas viewing the parent as the one or the uh, other person in our lives as either, you know, a kind of parent figure is the abdication of responsibility because it's back Mm -hmm. to the childhood thing of, I can't take care of myself. I need you to take care of me so that I can go and do my thing. And there's like virtually no engagement in taking care of yourself in that space. I like how you're differentiating between I'm still owning the responsibility, but I have a partner in the responsibility versus I'm outsourcing the responsibility to another person. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good differentiation. So that's a, that's actually really helpful even for me because in the areas that I struggle with this, I think when I partner with someone, I'm building my skill set versus when I abdicate responsibility, I'm not actually improving. I'm not getting better at it. I'm not Okay, growing. but that's a big important distinction you just made there because I think that's the that's also the difference between managers who get respected and whose direct reports, the people that report to them feel supported by them is when that manager doesn't hand something off and then have virtually nothing to do with it. Right. Because then what happens is say the direct report comes back and says, okay, so I researched what you wanted me to research uh, because it, you know, and, and, and here's what I've come up with as a, as, as a solution. And the manager looks at that and goes, no, Right. Now that's fine. That may be the right decision, but so much of the time, what we what we run into, particularly with teams and also with family systems, is that that person never never feels like what they're doing is in any way sort of integrating with what the manager, the the, the CEO, whatever is doing, because it's sort of like I don't want to handle that. I want you to handle it, but I want to still make my own decisions. I still want to do my own thing. Right. Yeah. And so that that is again a sort of shirking of there's you're talking about an integration of where this I'm learning mm-hmm. and I'm changing some things I'm growing never to become an expert in an area that I never will be an expert right but not uninvolved not uninvolved yeah I think that's the big thing is how much of this am I still involved with yeah and as you're saying that I just had this triggered experience. <laughs> Because I was remembering a situation I was put in exactly like that where I had someone working over me who said, I want you to make this thing. And I was like, well, what is what is that? Like, what does that mean? What does that entail? Well, this is the test. You got to f- figure this out. I want to see how you respond to this. And it was like I was going to lose from day one. Mm. It was just set up. Because um, the other thing was like <laughs> it abdicated it onto me without any kind of like explanation. And I just remember being in this situation, being like, I don't know how to name why this is wrong. Mm-hmm. I know and I feel this is wrong and I'm like distraught around it, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But I like this idea of being, for some reason, when you said that too, Matthew McConaughey's phrase, he always says, like, popped in my head, uh, less impressed and more involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. Which is like, yes, we're not abdicating, but we are sometimes we need partners in it. Yeah. Hey, we will continue our episode in just a moment, but wanted to interrupt this podcast just for a minute to say you can find out more about all of our work at theartofgrowth.org. That is the place to reach out to us if you are interested in having us come in and work with your teams. 
to reduce the amount of time your team spends on interpersonal conflict and helping each member take more responsibility for their impact in the room. That's also the spot to reach out to us for individual coaching or group coaching, as well as sign up for our newsletter or take a free Enneagram test or Enneagram Instincts Variant Test. That is all at theartofgrowth.org. So that brings me to my third reason, which is one that I've fallen into before, which is if I think I will fail at it, I have abdicated control to someone else. It's almost like if I outsource the responsibility because I'm afraid of my own failure, that if I take it on, it might go wrong. If I take responsibility of this and it fails, then I'm the responsible party and I don't want that then it's more tempting to be like, well, so-and-so made that call. Yeah. Well, yeah. So That's the fear of failure happened. is a, sometimes we give away control because yeah. we're afraid of our own failure. I've been on the receiving end of, I gave somebody some guidance and they took it and it didn't work for them. They came back to me and accused me of, you know, having given them bad advice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe I did. But you know what? It's like, you can't put that blame on me. Yeah. Because you had to discern whether this was good for you or not good for you, you know. Yeah. But, in, in, you know, in, in many cases, that's, I've done the same thing too, where it's like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to fail in this area. So I have someone else do it. Yeah. And it all goes to this point you're making of, we don't want to take full control of our lives. We want certain parts of our lives to be controlled by others. Yeah. Okay, so so what's the what's the alternative? I mean, what do you do? Because all of us feel that. All of us feel that fear of if I take this on, if I do this, I'm going to fail. I mean, I have constantly that in the in a certain areas of business, particularly now that we're taking on some some big challenges. Yeah. And there are areas and aspects that I really have virtually nothing. I feel like I get zero to con- contribute to that. Yeah. yeah. But I'm aware that I have to be fully engaged yeah. in that process. You go, what's your thinking and how do you then move towards? Well, I think we have stumbled on and we will continue to elaborate on this idea that having a partner in areas of weakness is not the same as abdicating control. And I think it's this line we have to watch when we're trying to solve for things that we don't feel very empowered or skilled or confident in solving. And we want to outsource that, go, well, how do we actually partner with someone on this? So it there is a communal thing, but I'm not removing myself from it because sometimes I can't follow it. Or sometimes I want to just put the decision on someone else, which we don't have to go into a long-term version of it. But one of the main reasons that people advocate control is because they're tired, decision fatigue. I have to make so oh, many decisions. A thousand percent. That I don't want we to do We run into this. that a lot with, totally. like, with businesses and stuff, yeah. But a conversation with a partner processing that mm. is going to end differently. Yeah. You're going to have a different experience of how you walk out that decision-making process. Okay, but this, I'm triggered, dude. So like, <laughs> I know I, I have too. been, <laughs> uh, all kinds of stuff coming up. Maybe I'm talking Past about this because memories. I'm triggered. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so, All of you out there, if you're feeling triggered right now, we're with you. This is yeah. a shared triggering experience. Oh, God. There I have no all warning. kinds of stuff. Okay. So okay. I have felt at times where someone's particular area of strength, mm-hmm. my particular area of strength, 
we're working together. And I've asked this person to help me with this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I find myself in a, in a state of like, I feel like it's a competition of ideas or it's a competition of ways of doing things. And we're not making any progress. Mm. So like, it feels to me like you're trying to control me with your like, well, we can't because of these practical factors and because I manage the resources and I manage the, the this stuff. I'm telling you, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't. And that's the end of the story. And I'm on the other side going, okay, but is there a way that we could do this? And a, no, 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 there's no way. And then I start to feel like you're like locking down in this way. Mm. I'm locking down in my way, right? So, yeah. so there's an impasse. It's not like I'm right, they're wrong. It's like we're both at a place of protectiveness. And that's when I feel like I've not been in there enough. I've been out of that completely. Mm. And I've abdicated responsibility. And so because of that, we, we haven't had this place of safety between us where we can stretch each other and where there's a more of an integration yeah. and uh, where they know what I'm doing and they're more speaking, they're, they, they're able to come into that and I'm able to help them stretch beyond their, their capacities because that's kind of one of my strengths. And then they're helping me to look at what actually is and yeah. And having this sort of space between us. But wow, have I run into that many times where it starts to become a, where we're all in our own little silos, all in our own little camps. And when we meet, we're like, why is there no sense of collaboration around them? Well, and around this? what you brought up about is they have an area of strength, but then there's ends up there being a conflict of some t- kind. What do so many people do in that? They either take control I have to dominate this thing to feel safe. Yeah. Or they relinquish it and then they outsource and just, okay, well, you just do it, whatever you think, whatever. Yeah, and you they want. take control. And, and you, yeah, yeah, and I'm giving away control. Yeah. So th- I've left the partnership. Yeah. I'm not as involved. I've still relinquished my responsibility in that situation instead of being a part of, are there components of, of both? Because sometimes when you want to like let something go, like it's not a big deal. It's like fine, great. And then other times where it's like, have you had that experience on the back end where you go, I I gave up on that too quickly. And yes. it didn't end up yes. the way it should have because I stepped back too soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had the experiences too where uh that didn't go as well as it could have because I shut that person down and I took control. Yeah. Well, I observed this with a boss who was doing this to an admin. I remember this admin talking to me personally saying, and he hated to do this because he was one that had high integrity and didn't want to talk about other people. Mm. But he was in full burnout and I saw saw the look on his face. It was like that look of, of sheer terror. And he's saying, I am being asked to pull off financial miracles. Yeah. And I... And he's just like, and I've tried everything that I know how to do to do what he wants me to do. But this is irresponsible, financially irresponsible. We shouldn't be doing this. We should be doing this thing. And that would stabilize. I'm for the system. I believe in what we're doing. I'm all, but I'm not being heard. And I'm sitting there listening to this going, oh man, this is a good lesson for me. I'm learning a lot in this. Mm. How the leader had abdicated responsibility in the area of money completely, didn't want to deal with it. 
But then when he felt like he was getting rebuffed, <laughs> getting you know some pushback, he takes control. Yep. No, you're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. You're going to figure out a way. You know, he starts using that, like power oh, over man. people. Yeah. And that's the stuff that just then means that there's lack of sort of learning and really understanding mutual responsibility. Like, oh, you know what? You could speak into, because you manage the money and you know what's going on, you should have more of a voice into what we're doing. Yeah. And in what ways can I learn? Because I have to learn some things here. And then vice versa. You know, in what ways can I learn to stretch and and see beyond and be open to that? Um, and then I saw that firsthand. I was like, that. But oh, I yeah. then I did it. But then I did it, and I found myself at these impasses uh, with my own team. And I think it had a lot to do with, like, I don't want to deal with it. But then at a certain point, I get frustrated by things, and then I take charge. Right. Mm. Uh, so well, we've all seen disempowering managers who have done a similar kind of thing where. Yeah. They might control resources about something, but well, this person last time, they worked miracles. They got this thing done on a shoestring budget, so they can do that again. And this person's like, I I was able to figure that out because of this and this, but I can't do this on this budget. Yeah. Um, and so the the manager abdicates the responsibility onto this other person that they're supposed to be helping navigate the situation. And they, that person is like left on their own to figure it out. And they don't really have what they need to do the job, but then they get scapegoated like, oh, well, they didn't perform, yeah. you know, and yeah. we've, we've seen that and we've seen people just like struggle in their jobs because they're going like, I'm, I'm told to do this with these resources and it's not possible. And anytime I bring it up, I'm just shut down and I'm told that's my job to figure out. Right. So I think we just realized that there can be top-down abdication of control <laughs> and responsibility oh, yeah. where this yeah. partnership isn't happening either. It looks like responsibility because it's control. Yeah. Right? I, I wonder about that. Is, is control really responsibility? Is it the same thing? I, I've controlled my team. I tell them what to do. Is that responsibility? No. Or is responsibility something different? Like, I actually need to know what's going on and I need to welcome their voices, their contribution. Well, at the same time, if I'm in charge of the direction, ensuring that the direction still is the direction in some way, but with working at a more collaborative level and recognizing their areas of weakness that I cannot abdicate, I cannot dump off on someone else, but I can allow them to, or I can have them handle it, the skill piece of it, and then inform me of things that I can, how I can learn more about what they do and understand what they do because that can inform how I think then in terms of the direction and decision-making. Again, it's the whole parent-child thing. Like mm. you, when you're a child, you would know nothing about what mom and dad are doing with the resources and finances and all that. When you become an adult and you even start to become an adult with aging parents, you start taking more of that, you know, that responsibility. Mm. So hopefully by then you've already learned a little bit about like, oh, this is what happens with the money. Okay, now I understand um, yeah. a little bit more. And I think knowing and growing and collaborating are all part of, of responsibility. Oh, for sure. You know, rather than the opposite of, I don't want to know anything. Right. I don't want to have this conversation. 
there's something about giving away control is simple and I can avoid complexity. Oh, that is absolutely the case. Complexity is terrifying. Yeah. Right? Yes. I think it's actually one of the big draws towards certain things like cults or certain aspects of religions or certain financial models. Uh, Oh, yeah. Pyramid schemes. Like a lot of what happens is this because you just have to do this. Just do this and then you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Just do this and you'll have enough money. Just do this and you'll have eternal life or whatever it is. Like yeah. there's this promise that you feel like life is really complex. It's really hard. It's spinning all around you, but it's okay. All you have to do is listen to me. The more complex we if things become, the more we seek out the simplicity, the absolutes, the black and white. Yep. And Tangentially, it may show up. It shows up in things like politics, where you have people who are like all Republicans are this way. Now, we don't literally say that, but that's kind of what is implied in some of the statements. And all liberals are this way. And that's simple. Why? Because we're in a complex, we're very, I mean, right now, particularly, I mean, it seems like it's, it just increases in complexity. And people don't want nuance. They don't want the gray. They want the black and the white. So it's, they're all a bunch of this. They're all a bunch of that, you know. And so even political positions have to be that way. They have to. But th- for a position to gain a following, it has to be simple. It has to be black and white. It has to name the enemy. And it has to, you know, have some kind of simple, straightforward solution. You know, yeah. straight talk. Give right. me straight talk. You you know you don't actually want real straight talk because it is nuanced and it also and what it does is it brings the attention back on your own for you to take responsibility for your life as opposed to you shirking that it is a constant state of like I'd rather have the attention go on something else mm-hmm. than the attention on me you know so I look for those outlets whether it's religion politics you know, something else. Well, I mean, you you just named one of the things that happens in politics, which is the narrative and the value system behind each of the opposing perspectives here in the U.S. And I'd like to apologize to the 17% of you who li- are listening and you are outside of America right now, because <laughs> that's about our stats. Uh, yeah. yeah. But in the U.S., you have the right who holds up the aspect of personal responsibility. Yes. Right? And so that becomes the end-all be-all, the champion of everything. If people took more personal responsibility, they wouldn't be in these positions. They can help themselves. They can do this. They can do that. There's a real hitting on that on the political right. And I believe in that. I believe in personal responsibility. It's a huge thing. Absolutely. We all have to take radical responsibility. We have to. We have. We are responsible for um, what we need to do. Okay. On the left, there's systemic responsibility. We have set up structures that benefit some and harm others. We have taken over, we've taken power from other people by creating these systemic systems that oppress 
certain individuals. And so the left is very aware of that. And so they talk about the need to solve systemic issues. We as a community are responsible for creating structures that are more beneficial for people. And so both of them don't pay attention to the holistic nuanced reality of responsibility. And the need to communally create structures that are more supportive for everyone so that they can take more of that individual responsibility is important. These are opposing values that have to be integrated and it's very hard to do with the noise. And I'm, I'm not even sure that everyone is aware like those are so, some of what is going on behind the scenes with both of these different uh, positions. That's one of those things that is at the core roots of some of these structures. But again, we're talking about complexity and simplification. One of the reasons they abdicate to their political party, and it can be to anything or the religion like we were saying before, But one of the reasons they abdicate is because it's so complex. I can't get my head around it. I feel so overwhelmed. I'll just decide to trust this person because of whatever internal mechanism is triggering that. Mm -hmm. It could be a lot of different things. It could be some of these other things we're talking about. We didn't get into, you know, fear or some of the emotions that that can trigger this need to abdicate. But all of that is at play. And so, again, we aren't partnering (laughs) We are outsourcing our responsibility. We are outsourcing our our own voice and our own power to someone else. I remember you talking about this years ago and just being like, don't listen to what the news says about your neighbor. Go talk to your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. That in the literal and the metaphorical sense, like you have to be a partner in this. You have to be a participant in this. This is not something that you can listen to what that person says about that group and trust it. Right. It's not nuanced. I see this congressman I follow on TikTok who was talking about being at the hearings about the uh, UAPs. That's what they're calling them now, the UFOs, UAPs. And um, he said everyone was being curious and polite because no one knew how to be partisan on this issue. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I was like, that's fantastic. You don't know how to be partisan on this issue. So you show up with curiosity, nuance. Yeah partnering, asking questions, trying to solve it together. Everyone was working together on it. Why? Because they didn't know how to politicize this yet. Yeah. Yeah. So there is these internal values of autonomy and independence that we all have. But there's also these ones of community. There's ones where we need validation and security and comfort, all these different things. These are all important. And the problem is where do we navigate the partnership between those two things. So uh, that's something that they talk about as being at the heart of our government is this conflict between freedom and equality. (laughs) Those can feel like they're a conflict. And I feel like that's internally too, is that I want to be free. I want to be autonomous. I want to have control of my life. But at the same time, I have all of these different things that I'm not always sure I want to partner in, whether it's for a confidence issue, a complexity issue, a insecurity issue, a certainty, whatever these myriad of reasons we brought up. But I think I would want the takeaway to be like, if you 
are partnering on it, you're probably heading in the right track. If you find you started to partner on it and then you're pulling back, because this is what I see myself do. I don't know if you'd relate to this, but it'll start in a particular direction and then I'll find myself pull away. Oh, yeah. And be like, okay, well, I'm just going to like let so-and-so handle it. Yeah. And it's hard because you can't be great at everything. So there's a prioritization that has to happen. But as far as like what has a major impact on your life, it needs to be a partnership with real people and we are more involved and less impressed. This goes back to the guru thing too. We're not just trusting some guru. We are involved in the process and saying, is this right for me? Do I understand this? You know, which is like, they talk about investments, investment 101. Don't invest in anything you don't understand. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're going to actually be invested in something. Yeah, you have to take. You have to like learn about it. Yeah. You have to grow yeah. in that area. Yeah. You have to be a part of it and not removed and just being like, well, so-and-so said this was good. Right. That's a really good uh, angle on it as well, is if you're going to invest in something, you need to know about it. But I think our reactivity, our reactions in the current world right now, whatever mm-hmm. they are, is for us to turn back in and wonder why, with curiosity, am I this reactive over the situation? Um, because there's probably some work that is mine to do that is under my responsibility to, to, to take care of. And other things that are not. And the distinction between the two is so important that, oh, I don't actually know. I, there's stuff in the news mm. that's happening. I cannot, I have no, I have no impact on that. Yeah. I cannot change that. Sure, I can vote. I can be informed and I can vote. Yeah. But, but that isn't where the big changes take place, I would argue, in the world. Mm. The big changes take place when we ourselves transform and when we live out our light in the world. And when we do, change takes place. And it may seem small, but we've all heard about the butterfly effect. <laughs> and that is something that happens uh, you know, at a level that is beyond our comprehension, but how something as small as a butterfly batting its wings has effects that has effects that has effects that continue to have effects on everything down the line. And that is true of us if we are batting our own wings rather than trying to fight these battles um, that are really not, we're not actually fighting, we're fighting each other when we're talking about politics or religion or anything else that we're at war with. When we turn back in and recognize we have a reaction of some sort, and it's likely it's because there's an area that the path is inviting you to take responsibility for mm. so that you can continue to become who you really are and shine your light and bat your wings so that you can be part of the millions of others who are also doing the same and actually bring about true transformation in your life and in the lives of those around you. 
So thank you so much for listening and coming along on this journey. And we hope this is helpful just to bring this awareness to be able to differentiate within yourself when you are abdicating versus partnering to do what is the point of a lot of our work, which is to intentionally design your life and your future. If you have questions or you are interested in coaching, you can reach out to us at theartofgrowth.org. That is where you can find out about bringing us into your institution over this fall and winter to drastically improve the functionality of your team. You can follow us on Instagram at just Art of Growth and make sure you're signed up for our newsletters at theartofgrowth.org. We always appreciate if you subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes because it really helps people find us. So this week, my friends, may you increase your awareness to know what is going on internally for you to stay engaged in the process and partnering so that you are always an active participant in the parts of your life that matter to you. And may you continue to bring awareness to your whole life so that you are intentionally designing the experience you are having and the experience others are having of you in a way that reflects your authentic values and your authentic adaptability. Grace and growth, my friends.